Everybody, welcome to Canary Cry Radio, episode number 174. Paul Begley and Troy Anderson, Revelation 9-11. We're going to get into it. But before we do, I just want to quickly encourage you to go check out canarycry.tube. Yes, canarycry.tube. Like YouTube, but YouTube doesn't like us. So we're going to canarycry.tube. And if you go there, what you'll see is that we are just at about 15% of our goal to raise $10,000 to help us become future-proof or more resilient when it comes to our existence on the internet as it currently stands. Now, I know that sounds a little bit obscure or pie in the sky, and depending on how much background knowledge you have on how the internet tech stack works, which is something that I'm learning every single day, you might not fully grasp the magnitude of this mission here, which is basically a David versus Goliath situation here. We at Canary Cry, this community, are a bunch of people that love God, love Jesus, love the truth, and are sort of weirdly obsessed with how the Word of God relates to unfolding world events so honestly we shouldn't be a threat to anyone when it comes to our beliefs or our worldviews or the thoughts we share about world events and things like that it shouldn't matter it's just an opinion it's just a couple of weirdos talking about all the stuff going on unless the threat of sharing the gospel message of jesus christ in this context of all the weird stuff is a massive threat to those folks who currently control all the pipelines of the internet. And look, there are a ton of Christian podcasts out there, all kinds of flavors, all kinds of denominations, doctrines, it's all out there. But why us? Why are we struggling so much with YouTube and not just YouTube, but literally on places like X, which is supposed to be this bastion of free speech now, but yeah, not really. Uh, And Rumble, which has been better, of course, but still seeing similar types of things we saw with early days of YouTube, which is somewhat troubling. Whether you're talking about super left liberal platforms or your new rising right-wing conservative freedom championing platforms that have recently come on board, the censorship of podcasts like ours continues. It's not just us. There are several others, our peers out there that are experiencing the same thing. And I think there's one common thread. We're sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ in this really weird context. And it's almost like it makes too much sense in that if too many people get on board with this whole thing, which a lot of people are starting to learn about it, and it's becoming way more popular for people in church on Sundays to discuss these topics, which is something that is quite incredible. And I believe it is part of a type of awakening happening across the country and the world. And that's all great, but, you know, we've always been a little bit ahead of where everybody else is at. And if we're looking ahead, hey, we're going to have to go sovereign in terms of streaming, in terms of being content creators, in terms of having some kind of internet presence. We have to go sovereign. And that means we have to, as much as possible, and this won't happen all at once, be able to independently do pretty much everything on the full tech stack. Now, this is going to be important for not just us, but the entire Remnant Church, because as more people wake up and understand this type of context to world events, the system itself will start to just pick people off like flies. And so when that occurs, 
there will definitely need to be tools available to everyone to have access to this communication network database that's called the internet. And the more I learn about all this, and as I'm putting together Age of Deceit 4, which is coming at a perfect time, I think the Lord timed all this stuff. Everything that happens online on the internet is an abstraction to reality. Some of it aligns perfectly to reality, other times they are quite far off. But nevertheless, I think all the people sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ online are going to have to go through this process that we are embarking on. And it's not any kind of new thing. There are people out there already doing it to varying degrees. But this is an enormous undertaking. I mean, imagine we're basically going up against Google. Like, yeah, hey, Google Cloud and, and Microsoft and Amazon Cloud Services and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they exist and a lot of people use it. But we're going to not. We're going to do something else. We're going to do it on our own. It's, it's quite the mission. And it's something that we cannot accomplish alone. And this is going to be a communal effort. And because this podcast operates on value for value, this invitation to join us in this mission is also one of value for value. Thank you to all the people who have already jumped in and who have been supporting us for many years and many hundreds of episodes for some of you. It's been quite incredible. And honestly, I am very confident with our ability to pull this off with just the people we currently have. But the more people jump in to help out, the bigger we can make this metaphorical snowball that can steer clear of the black goo that is spewing out of the top of the mountain. And, you know, it's really one of those things where if we can pull it off, then then everybody else can pull it off. And, and that's really the hope here and the prayer here for us is, hey, Lord, we are trying to do something that sounds kind of impossible. But we know with you, all things are possible. So we're stepping out in faith and we're doing this. Now, part of the perks of jumping into CanaryCry.tube is that you can get a early screening of Age of Deceit 4 in small chunks as they come out. And you can maybe help me out in shaping the film and making it the best it can be. I'm trying to cram years of research into the most concise delivery possible which is becoming more and more challenging as I go deeper into some rabbit trails and try to explain things that probably deserve a book, if I'm really being honest. But it's been a massive blessing to be putting this film together, and I want the community to have a say in making sure that it's going to be as good as it can be. Again, the film is Age of Deceit 4, Eschaton Cipher, and The Counterfeit Ledger of Life which basically explains why this surveillance tech apparatus is being built. They are creating a counterfeit book of life where every atom is recorded and judged by someone or something. And it's just something that makes total sense in my brain and to actually put it on film and express it. I feel blessed to be in this position, but again, your thoughts, critiques, and even just helping to fix mistakes if there are any, which there will be because I always make mistakes in these films, whether it's not pronouncing a word right or missing a syllable here or there, it happens. If you want to participate in that process, it'll be rolling out over the span of a few weeks. And in addition, your names will be listed in the credits as producers of the film. Jump into canarycry.tube and help us out. Be a part of this monumental 
but quiet movement. And that's the thing about Canary Cry. We're always sort of moving stealthily. And we had been for a long time, but evidently the Eye of Sauron has caught up to us and we must shift and change our strategy to stay as resilient as possible. And with the Holy Spirit guiding us, the full armor of God on, and the community of Canary Cry by our side, I think we can make it happen. So please consider it. Thank you for your time. Let's jump right in to this episode with Pastor Paul Begley, Are You Serious?, and Troy Anderson. Revelation 9-11. Let's go! Why is that? Because this may be our last show together. That's right, yes. Ever. Now, not because we're splitting up, but no, because no, uh, we it could be the end of the world as you know it. End of the world. The end of the world as you know it. End of the world. When CNN launched, Ted Turner announced confidently that they would broadcast until the literal end of the world. End of the world. End of the world. Revelation, long considered the most controversial book in the Bible. In its cryptic language, many see a timeline for destruction on an unprecedented level. Some argue the timeline will end suddenly, violently, in this century. A lone wolf sits in the kitchen working on a homemade world-ending bioweapon. Meanwhile, a group of computer scientists in Silicon Valley embrace and cheer over their completion of artificial intelligence they have no idea will destroy the planet. Volcanoes rumble and the flesh-eating gray goo of nanobots falls into the hands of a tyrant in this terrifying tale of how the world might realistically end. listening to Canary Cry Radio in Razzle Dazzle. I'm your best buddy Basil, and you are not crazy. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 174. 174. Big number. Mm -hmm. Big numbers yep. just keep getting bigger. Well, the Canary Cry mission for over a decade has been to share the gospel of Jesus Christ while trying to understand the world through the lens of Bible prophecy. These particular set of goggles grounded in the Word has shown us things like the Nephilim, Fallen Watchers, uh, Beneha Elohim, the gods, demons, the Antichrist spirit, and its many consequences of its machinations on creation and the souls of men. And as time goes on, the biblical mythology that is becoming reality seems harder and harder for the church to ignore. But venturing into this realm of biblical intellect is not for the faint of heart. It's best done in community with like-minded believers from all over the world sharing their intel on the games being played by the principalities and powers. Our guest today is an example of a shepherd guiding the church through such crazy times as these. Pastor Paul Begley is a fourth-generational preacher and internet personality known for his famous tagline, Are you serious? <laughs> Paul has been talking Bible prophecy, current events, eschatology, and everything for years. He's currently has uh, just under 370,000 subscribers on YouTube and has survived YouTube somehow. Impressive. Teach us, Pastor, how that is done. And is here to discuss his new book, Revelation 9-11, how the book of Revelation intersects with today's headlines. Pastor Paul Begley, welcome to Canary Cry Radio. Great to be here, Gons and, and Basil. I tell you, great to be on the program, and I'm glad you guys are pounding it out, staying in there. 
Yep, yep. Just keep and, on uh, getting up. They keep knocking us down. We just keep on getting up. And thank that's you. What you gotta do. It's about time that we got somebody on the show who has a similar proclivity for wearing eyewear on the show. We've <laughs> got the glasses on. We are getting serious here. Yeah, getting yep. real serious. And I wanted to also introduce Troy Anderson back again. Again, he's the glue guy. He brought us. Paul McGuire, then Pastor David Jamona, and he's back with another Paul. I don't know what it is with Troy and Pauls, but here's another uh, <laughs> Paul here. Troy Anderson, welcome back. Uh, it's, it's great to be back on here. I think I was 12 years old, and and I refused to read uh, Catcher in the Rye, and so the, the teacher assigned me a book on the Apostle Paul. It was like 1,200 pages. Ah. And so I read this whole book on the Apostle Paul, and then towards the end, I looked up at the clock. It was like 4 a.m., and I gone blind. I had to wear glasses ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something about uh, Paul, I guess. A lasting yeah. impression. Yeah. Well, uh, Pastor Paul Begley, um, we, uh, you know, I recall meeting you at the conference, uh, Hear the Watchmen, back in 2019. This was just a few months before we had the lockdown and, and the world was changed. And uh, I recall talking to your lovely wife and I promised her that we would have you on the show. So here's to that promise. Finally have <laughs> you on Canary Cry Radio. Um, but you have a book to share, uh, Revelation 9-11. What inspired you to write this book? Well, you know, what happened was I had a vision, a dream, actually. Uh, the Lord came to me and I seen the letters, Revelation 9-11. I seen it real bright red in front of me like a sign hanging in the air. And the Lord spoke to my spirit and said to me, it's about to happen. It's upon mankind. Warn the people. And I remember saying, what's about to happen? And then uh, n silence, nothing else. So I went to, I grabbed the Bible and I actually went to Revelation chapter 9, verse 11 and found out that that's the verse of the Apollyon, um, the king, you know crawling out of the abyss, out of the bottomless pit. Uh, and so here's the, yeah, here it is. It says they were ruled by a king, the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in the Greek, Apollyon. And the word Apollyon means the destroyer, and Abaddon means the place of destruction. So, and you continue to read, you find out that this demon, this uh, God, uh, king of the underworld releases four more fallen angels or uh, demonic forces that are trapped under the river Euphrates. And this release of these demons uh, creates World War III, or what we call the Six Day War, Six Trumpet War, excuse me, the Six Trumpet War, found in the same chapter of Revelation, chapter 9. So having read that, I've I've read that chapter a million times, <clears throat> studying Bible prophecy and all the eschatology, and it's just like, oh, okay, I don't know what this chapter is really talking about. I'm just going to move on. And God is speaking, no, you need to stop and pay attention because this event, which has never happened in history, is about to happen. Uh, the release of the hordes of hell just before the coming of Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> you know, it's very interesting. The times that we are in continue to fascinate me, and the listeners might be tired of hearing me say it, but the openness, the 
sort of colloquial nature of r referencing the book of Revelation uh, in what is now considered, you know, its own version of mainstream media, you know, the internet, where even non-Christian, non-believing, uh, whatever, personalities, influencers, whatever you want to call them, uh, it's become so clear, so in our faces, that it's almost a mandatory topic of conversation. So it seems more than ever, uh, the importance of true study and true uh, attention to details in uh, the sort of, well, the last book in the Bible there, referring to the end of days or whatever one of the names you want to call it, uh, is more important than ever. And my goodness, I'm hearing a lot of really bad takes on the internet and podcasts all over the place <laughs> uh, from people who haven't put in the work. So the yeah. uh, you know the advent of your book here coming at an interesting time, an auspicious occasion, the the big uh, double eclipse thing uh, coming over uh, over the United States. Uh, the, it just seems like the timing is perfect, and I'm constantly surprised. Well, maybe not surprised. I'm constantly delighted by the Lord's perfect timing on this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, everything, you know, when it's, we start talking about signs and seasons, days and years, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 14, God said during the creation, he said, oh, I'm going to make a sun, a moon and stars and I'm doing it for signs and for seasons mm -hmm. and days and years besides just night and day. So prophetic signs. So in other words, when God created the entire universe, as we know it, he put in motion asteroids, meteorites, comets, solar eclipses, lunar eclipses with blood moons, and he set it in motion so that when these events happen, they are significant moments in history, and we need to pay attention to what is taking place uh, around us during this time and study the history of eclipse. Uh, and, and when you do that, you'll find out that some of the uh, major events that have taken place in history. And Troy has, did a great job as we were putting this book together in some of the research to uh to point out that again another eclipse where it's happening when it's happening and what events are going on during that time and right now we're we're on the brink of world war three so i mean we have the ukraine russia war we have the middle east war which is expanding and then we have the chinese about ready to make their move on taiwan and then we got the little man the you know uh, Kim Jong-un, we don't know when he's going to push the green button over there. <laughs> so you add it all up, and it's kind of what it said in this this chapter, that God said "I there will be four angels that will bring four separate events on the earth and will kill a third of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't just tear that page out of the Bible because I don't like it. i got to deal with it. It's It hasn't happened before. We had 250 million people died in World War II. 250 million. A third of the world is 2.6 billion. Mm. This yeah. event. And so when the Lord wakes me up and says, here's a vision, shows me that Revelation 9-11 and says, it's about to happen. It's upon mankind. Go write a book. Go do it. Get this message out. 
I, I sense the urgency of it, especially when I then see all the events going on and here comes the eclipse. So, yeah. 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 It's unreal. You know, I, I have not done the deep digging into the eclipse as I should probably for a show like today. Um, however, I have noticed uh, just the sentiment on X, interestingly enough, X. Um, ha there are people who are pointing out certain alignments that represent the symbol of Isis with the crescent moon and a planet. Uh, I think it might be Venus. I, I might have to go back and double check on that. Um, but also, which is an interesting thing to me, because recently we've seen a lot of male phallic symbolism and i talked to basil about this yesterday and he says ah it's always been a thing mm -hmm. but in recent weeks we had some thing that's in our bodies apparently that they just discovered and they're calling it obelisk it's supposedly in our gut and whatever strange and, viral uh, life form that they're discovering yeah they call it a life form never seen it before they called it a biological life form that's in our bodies right now that are they're called obelisk okay weird and then, of course, there's always been phallic symbols being represented in rockets and stuff like that. But there's just been an uptick, it seems, with uh, some of the literature and uh, UN document that was actually about chickens. But the way they wrote it in the West, it would look like, oh, you guys are not talking about that. Um, and then Elon Musk tweeting out uh, some vulgar imagery of uh, the Disney symbol that's a little bit more phallic-like. It seems like, to me, this is some sort of ritual according, you know, for the elite or for the occultists or whatever to have some kind of impregnation, so to speak, if we're talking about the Osiris-Isis mythology. I, I don't know, but something to look into, especially because the United States seems to have been uh, established as uh, to fulfill the, the occult dream, the, the mystery religious dream of a new Atlantis, of a new utopia that they lost with the flood. So... You know, and I, and I think all the technology, all the stuff we're seeing today with the rise and, and the stuff you write about in your book, Pastor Paul, is indicative of how close this event is. And, you know, when you read that passage in, in, in uh, chapter nine, it's hard to wrap your mind around what it is. It's like, OK, you got keys, you got an abyss. What's an abyss? You got these angels coming out. Are these embodied angels? Is it a spiritual thing? What are your thoughts on the specifics going on with that passage, uh, Pastor Paul? Well, I think that the these they are symbols okay and all throughout the in eschatology and throughout the bible we get symbols we get dreams like daniel had a lot of dreams he everything he saw was in a dream and he wrote it down then you have you know whether it be these prophets the prophet jeremiah or the prophet hosea or joel or amos and all these minor prophets as well all of them had symbols and the and the meanings behind the symbols, but none is nothing as close as Revelation. Uh, Revelation certainly is meant to be decoded, and you you really can't decode it all until the time comes. Some things just is hidden. You're looking at it, but you're like, I don't really know what the writer, what John is trying to say here. But in the process of time, when certain events take place, then you say, oh. Now I see. Now I see why that's there because it's. You know, how did I not see that? So the symbolism uh, is very important, and you, a lot of times you got to go back and check if that, like locust. Okay, locust coming out of this pit, the darkness. You know, it's it's a uh, demonic. 
Uh, and these locusts, though, have heads like with iron, you know, with golden faces and heads and, and wings that make noise. And you start thinking, well, is it, we're talking about helicopters or Apache, you know, helicopters? Or are we dealing with something in the AI world, you know, in, uh, are we going into a whole different level of activity? Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, you have to take it one step at a time and, um, and not get upset if you can't figure something out because it may not be the time to figure it out. Troy, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, I'll let you go. But, yeah, to, to your point, uh, we've mentioned many times that you know, one of the transcendent qualities of the Word of God is that it's able to speak to every generation. And it's so fascinating to live in this time when, for most of recorded human history, we have not, you know, they didn't have computers. They didn't have this machine right. to process information, to access information. And so what, what's fascinating to me is that now that we have this technology at our fingertips, the Word of God is starting to reveal itself to be so true in the eschatological sense, and all the crazy stuff that's written in the book of Revelation doesn't sound so crazy in the context of what science, right. technology, and where everything is headed. Um, and actually, it's actually verse 6 in chapter 9 that Basil and I have uh, talked about over the years, and many others have too. Uh, it says, In those days men will seek death and not find it. They will long to die, but death will escape them. And we've often thought about what sort of situation will man be in where they're getting tortured and, and these, uh, you know, these creatures come out of the abyss and they want to die, but they can't. And, uh, you know, we speculate perhaps they're plugged into the system and they can't die. They're, they're, you know, biologically tied into the machine. And so they are kept alive despite the fact that they want to die. Things like that. So anyway, Troy, thoughts? Yeah, guns. I mean, you know, perhaps these sort of enigmatic uh, verses in Revelation, you know, tie into, you know, artificial intelligence and all the technologies that the transhumanism that we're seeing, you know, becoming so popular today. And, um, you know, you, you were talking about the uh, the secret societies and, and some of the, the symbolism and the occult rituals and that kind of thing. You know, I, I've been investigating, you know, as a journalist for the last dozen years, are we really moving into these end time events the Bible talks about? I've done a lot of research and, and read a lot of the literature from the secret societies, and um, you know, there are there's, there's there's these rituals that they engage in, and so it, it seems like a lot of things we're seeing happening in the world today are are part of the sort of the, the secret society's plan, and so so here we have this um, very curious uh, you know uh, the Great American Eclipse coming up on April eighth, you know our, our new book Revelation Die and Eleven, you know it's coming out on March twenty sixth, but we didn't we didn't plan this. In fact, we ran late. Uh, on writing the book. And so it was, it was supposed to come out back in January, but we ran late, so they, they bumped it up. And so with this eclipse, you have this gigantic X, you know, compared to this last eclipse forming in the middle of America. And the, and the epicenter of the X is uh, uh, Carbondale, Illinois, also known as, as Little Egypt. And, uh, you know, they had a famine there in the past. And then somebody had posted a, a meme saying that supposedly one of the lines of the X goes through all these towns called Nineveh. Another line goes through all these towns called uh, Salem. And uh, so there's all this sort of, you know, you know, Egyptian symbolism. And, and uh, you know, so, of course, you know, the, the story in, in Exodus is, you know, God sent the, the 10 plagues upon Egypt. And, you know, that, that's the famous story of Moses delivering the Israelites from, from slavery in Egypt. And so, so here we have this, this eclipse, this, uh, you know, Egyptian symbolism that's, that's rife with this. And, and Pastor Bailey, you, you've learned some other uh, very interesting things about this, this eclipse that's coming up. Yes, uh, right. You see the great picture there. You see where the 2017 
you know, it was called the Great American Eclipse. It was also my wife and I's 35th wedding anniversary, but uh, we st- spent it in Idaho watching mm-hmm. the eclipse. Um, and then you see with the cross. So the, where they connect is Carbondale, Illinois, as you said, Troy, Little Egypt. Ten miles from there, there's a little town called Cairo. Uh, Southern Illinois University is in Carbondale, and the team name is the Salukis, which is the dog of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a pyramid 60 miles from there, toward uh, north of St. Louis. And when the famine came in the late 1800s, the only place uh, in the area that had food, actually corn and grain and barley. And wheat was in that area. That's why they call it Little Egypt. The people from Chicago and St. Louis and folks from uh, the cities had to come down there to try to get food, to buy food. So here we are again looking at this area, and we have now these two different types of cicadas, locusts that are going to come out of the ground and just blanket the area. It could be right during the eclipse. It could be any time from the 1st of April to mid-May that these locusts are coming. Either way, this hasn't happened since 1803. They're going to come out, and they're going to be so loud and eating everything they can get their, uh, get a hold of. It's going to be all, It's very Egypt-like. It's, um, and here's the thing. This isn't man-made. This isn't Y2K, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, which was had everybody, everybody was freaking out over Y2K, and that was man made. This is God made. These eclipses have been there since the dawning of time. This date, this location, since the dawning of time. And we're in the middle right now of potentially World War III. We're, we're certainly staring at it. And we're in an election year. We're in a chaos. We got trial dates, and both the presidential candidates have been you know uh elderly guys staggering around it's really weird i mean you can't get you can't make this stuff up really um it's 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 apocalyptic yeah. in so many ways it's very interesting cuz like i mentioned i mean the idea that there is some biblical level stuff going on in the world has become sort of ubiquitous and uh, on the internet and in, in a lot of different uh, crowds, a lot of different scenes, a lot of different uh, places of influence. And it's interesting because, you know, he, we here on this call, we've all been very interested in, in the research and the current events and the uh, you know, looking into and being fascinated and really locked in on biblical prophecy for quite some time. And <laughs> to see the interest in biblical prophecy spread uh, in, in a form of ubiquity, even in non-believing circles, is interesting to watch. But you you realize that it's not just a moment of research and and revelation and uh you know decoding the biblical texts and things like this people are living they are having an experience a real life experience of uh you know things foretold in the past and the the connection the interest in biblical prophecy is 
totally natural. Once people are living in the situation, uh, you know, looking, wondering, looking for answers, curious of what in the world is going on here, and turns out the answers have been in the Bible the whole time. I mean, again, God's timing uh, has been set forth since the beginning of time, and look at that. It's uh, landing right on time once again. But what I love about what I have come in contact uh, with your guys' work here in Revelation 911. It's very easy to kind of get lost in the weeds to assume prior knowledge. You know, even just speaking to Christians, you can assume that there's some very, uh, you know, everybody's come in contact with some version of the apocalypse story. Uh, but it's it's sort of I don't know. It's sort of uh, it's a classic tale of the guy who's been researching the end times for years, coming out and going straight to the point and making the you know the big claims and bringing up the most obscure passages that uh, explain current events. And you know people can get kind of dizzy headed. Uh, but from what I've uh, had contact with with your book here, it seems like it's very rationally. Uh, laid out very easy for someone who may not have ever had contact with biblical prophecy research before uh, to to a not get turned off by the uh, you know the depth the in jumping into the deep end of the pool and uh, having a, a wealth of assumed knowledge but <clears throat> actually be led along page by page uh, learning as they go. And I think it's a great tool for people who, you know, maybe even are just coming in contact with some of the real research about this stuff uh, to work their way through the material uh, piece by piece, have it presented them uh, to them in a way that actually builds their knowledge, not just, uh, you know, uh, installs some sort of mm, series of sensational trivia in their knowledge base you know it's a, it's a real learning experience for those who might just now be sort of realizing that we are living this revelation uh experience in the real world um so tell me as far as the the impact that this book uh, can have on an individual? What can people expect to come away with? What can they expect uh, to be able to talk knowledgeably through? You know, how is this book going to take somebody and lift them up in uh, such a time as this? Well, one thing you've made, you brought up a great point about not everybody has picks up the Bible and reads it and says, what does this mean? But everybody is, due to social media and uh, media in general, they got a handle on that something's going on. And what we wanted to do was talk about some of those things like the Great Reset. It's a, it's a terminology that's all over the Internet. Well, what is it? Okay. And who is the World Economic Forum? And why are they setting this type of an agenda of resetting the economic system of the world? And how does that tie to the Bible? Mm-hmm. And the mark of the beast, uh, this you can't buy or sell without the mark. And what about the green religion is what we call it, the green religion, this climate change mania, madness, where everybody has to watch the how many uh, carbon footprint 
they you know you can't eat this you can't eat that you can't drive that but john Kerry can fly that mm. i mean how does it all work right okay <laughs> and why is mother earth being worshiped more than father god in mm. the green religion and then there's the woke world okay and the cancel culture and the uh the craziness and all that and the, the whole we go on and on and on troy you know we we cover almost every major area that the world is dealing with right now in this ever-changing world and we can tie it back to the scriptures to help people understand hey wow this stuff was prophesied to happen and now it's all happening simultaneously yeah it's really incredible troy do you have uh any comments on that yeah i mean what we try to do with this book is you know I, you know i was a newspaper reporter for 20 years i was at the los angeles daily news for many years and so in, in newspapers they always teach you to write sort of the, at the 10th grade reading level try to make things as simple and easy to understand as possible so that's what we sought to do in revelation 9 11 is try to make bible prophecy it's it's linked to current events as easy to understand as possible so so the book sort of takes you on this, this sort of mystery solving journey you know pastor bailey's talked about you know, this, 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 this strange chapter, Revelation 9, but what's leading us up to this? So we sort of begin with the, um, the, the you know, the September 11, 2001 terrorist attack. So it was such a, a shock to Americans, this, this terrorist attack where they, you know, the, the terrorists flew these airplanes into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And there was, a, you know, many people thought there was a, a prophetic significance to that. And, and since that time or last two decades, you know, we, we've seen this a fundamental you know, up, upheaval and changes in our society, especially the last few years since the pandemic. So the, so the book sort of takes you on this journey. What, what has led us to this point in time where, you know, a, a Lifeway poll now says nine in 10 pastors now see signs of the end times and current events. And there, there's polls from Barna and Pew that say anywhere from 40 to 50% of just regular Americans believe we're living in the end times. And as much as 70 to 80% of, of Christian, evangelical Christians say they believe we're living in the end times. So, yeah, what's interesting about the Bible is that the almost a third of the Bible is, is Bible prophecy. It's prophetic in nature. And, uh, you know, there's, there's scriptures that talk about that God, you know, sees the end from the beginning. And so, and there's there's also, there's so many prophecies about Jesus' first coming that have all come true in, in exacting detail. And, uh, and it's far more prophecies about his second coming than, than his first coming. And so, uh, in a way, the, the Bible is sort of this ultimate mathematical code book that uh, lays out the, you know, these, these pivotal things that will happen in human history. And now, we, you know, the, of course, the Bible says only God knows the day and hour when all this will happen. But Jesus did tell us uh, 55 times to watch for signs of his return. And that there's a consensus among, you know, very you know, reputable Bible scholars that I've interviewed over the last 12 years. Everybody, you know, from, from Billy Graham to, you know, uh, professors at, you know, different theological institutes that say that, that they believe we are, you know, in, in this period of time. And so in Revelation 9-11, we're trying to sort of lay this out in a, in a logical, uh, lots of evidence and, and, and backup, you know, lots of research. You know, I've, I've read hundreds of books, you know, reviewed tens of thousands of pages of government academic documents, done hundreds of interviews, and sort of condense all that into an easy to understand, but, but also interesting, very, very compelling book that, that lays out uh, what, what's the, the correlation between the book of Revelation and, and what we see uh, unfolding in, in the headlines today. Yeah. yeah, and it feels like the, the the gospel message, you know, pointing to Jesus, it's, you got to have context, you know, and I think this generation needs the context of, hey, the word of God actually described the world that you're 
born into. There's all this stuff, weird stuff going on. And it's, uh, uh, again, it's sort of hard to deny. And it, it, it seems like there's a consensus amongst many who are believers that at the very least we live in some different times you know it's hard it's hard to say that the, or it's hard to convince everybody that it's the end times but uh they'll at least say that it's uh, some different times and um relevant I, times. I, I would like to relevant sure mm-hmm. relevant um and i was curious uh, pastor paul you uh you have a youtube channel it has uh let's see it's going on 300 almost 370,000 subscribers is what i'm seeing here 16,000 videos very impressive uh First of all, how are you able to survive the, <laughs> the onslaught of YouTube censorship? Uh, that's my first question. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, well, I think it's over 250 million views now. And after 250 million views, if people don't know what I'm about, I guess they'll never know. Um, the thing is, there's certain subjects that if, if it's talked about in that open forum, uh, it will be targeted. Yeah. Um, the tough thing to do is be able to talk about them without talking about them. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think people ultimately already know where I stand. You can name any subject you wanted. And pretty people would say, oh, okay, I bet he believes this. I bet he believes that. And by just staying around the perimeter of it, um, I'm able to get that message out without being considered offensive. Uh, a little crazy, you know, I'm the, are you serious guy? I get a cup of coffee, calm down. But at the end of the day, people are wondering what's going on and there's a higher power. And I, I better start looking to see if on the path I'm on is really the right path. And so we encourage people to be, to learn, to find out, to listen, and then to make their own decision. And we've had thousands, and I mean thousands of people, who have, who've right live on the air have said, I want to be saved. I want to be saved right now. And I've prayed with them on the air live. And um, so somehow, some way, we've been able to navigate our way through all that. Unfortunately, that's not the case on uh, Facebook, not the case on Vimeo. It's mm. not the case on, I've been, I've been, banned and barred and shadow banned on all of them but for some reason that platform by the grace of god uh, i've just been able to just keep on writing so i'll keep writing That's um, and yeah. i think the revelation 9 11 book is it's critical now it's to the point where in inquiring i think troy almost said it uh it's it's a code revelation decoding revelation is really what our book does we, we touch on everything that everybody's talking about, and we want to help decode Revelation, showing everyone that you're, these things are relevant. Okay, I think Basil, uh, Basil made the right point when he said relevant. It really is. Things are relevant now. And the question is, how do I fit in that? How do you fit in that? Uh, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, do I just stand out in the road and be like Woody Harrelson and it's so beautiful, and, you know, and, and, and I, or, or do I, or do I, do I have a role in helping share the good news about the coming of the Lord with others? And uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of the takeaway is at the end of the day, what road are you on? Do you know Christ? And can you share this with others? And, um, 
And so it's been doing extremely well at Amazon. One of the things I've been telling people is don't buy one book, buy five. Just right, go, right now, go buy five. And you, here's why. Once you read it, you'll want everybody you know to read it. And if you give that thing away, it's not coming back, okay? Because <laughs> everybody's going to say, I don't know. I loaned it to my brother-in-law, and he's golfing right now, and I'll try to find So just get five. Give four of them away. Keep one for yourself. And it's one of the greatest evangelistic tools you could ever ever do. There's a lot of this this book's not just for believers. It's for it's for everyone. It's for everyone because every subject is in our lives today. And so uh it's it's uh, it's very relevant. Yeah. To to get a book like this that directly uh responds to the long list of uh, current events or current uh, culture topics or whatever. It goes point by point because, you know, young people today, they did everything they were supposed to do. They, you know, they were told to do this, told to go here, told to think this way, and they're doing it. And it is not working out. The, the culture has failed in a way that is so extravagant that those who have succeeded in in following uh, the prescribed path for themselves, and I'm talking about Gen Z and younger here, I mean, of course, millennials and included, although we're getting old and uh, we're kind of getting what we get here. Uh, but, you know, those who have bent the knee to everything they were supposed to believe, everything they were supposed to say, everything they were supposed to stand for, that the media and the government and the corporations convince them that this is the right way to be. And one by one, the sort of pinnacles, the columns of, uh, of supporting what it is to be a good person in the eyes of the sort of elite power structure has left every single one of them lacking and they're so confused because they many of them did it exactly right and you see this in the polling you see this in the gen z's support of of donald trump you see this in the the rise of christian traditionalism uh becoming more popular in in the younger generations where you know you've got a whole couple of generations saying hey I did everything right. I acquiesced to everything you told me I was supposed to be. And the whole world is falling apart around me, and I'm falling apart with it. And so to have such a complete set of responses uh, to the point by the checklist that they so uh, sort of victoriously uh, checked off their list as they grew older, only to leave them not just financially destitute, not just ignored uh, by the social services that, you know, promised to coddle them forever, but spiritually destitute and emotionally stunted. And, you know, the, the, the fantasy of growing up into a competent, well-adjusted adult uh, has been flushed down the toilet. And it is the Bible, it is Christ, it is Christianity, it is the answers uh, in this book that are leading them back to a way of living and a way of existing that fulfills its promises. <laughs> you know, the principles that Christ has asked us to live by and the supernatural, uh, you know, mechanisms that the Lord has set forth since the beginning, 
they deliver. I mean, if, if anybody can say they deliver, I can say they deliver. And if they delivered for me, they're going to deliver for, for anybody. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really an incredible time, especially uh, for the generation that is right now having to decide what the world looks like when they get in charge. Yeah, if I can respond to you, Basil, I, I was thinking the word disenfranchised, right? Mm -hmm. You have a generation that is disenfranchised, which then they are seeking some kind of re-enchantment, which we bring up often with our friend Carl Tyker writing the book Game of Gods, the temple of man in the age of re-enchantment, where there is a sort of secular sacredness rising on the back of technology and science and all this stuff. It's like a pseudo-supernaturalism that is providing this spiritual meaning for a generation and ultimately we're we're sitting here saying that's empty that's actually perhaps of a something and much deceptive. more nefarious yeah yeah it's 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 the beast system and I, I think it is very uh important for this time to really just be unabashed or un, un uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh, unashamed about sharing the gospel to anybody on the internet, we're, we're in front of cameras, we're sharing in front of whoever is willing to watch. But it is truly a time when, you know, the book of Revelation, chapter 13, we bring it up all the time, how the beast is permitted to wage war against the saints, even conquer them. I think the waging of the war has already been happening for ages. We're seeing it more and more. Um, but also the fact that those who do worship the beast, they their names are not written in the book of life, which means that they don't share eternity, which which is a hard concept for people to grasp. And uh, how can God, you know, um, not be send totally to hell? inclusive about right? Everything, not be totally know? inclusive and all this stuff. But when you start understanding that, oh, maybe it's because humanity, as we are created, we're not going to be walking around in our original design anymore. At least not us. I'm saying humanity will walk into this forking where the, they're going to upgrade, quote unquote, themselves with machines and computers and science and biologically enhanced or whatever to the point where they're no, no longer human. And so it makes sense, this whole idea that, oh, there's people who will be saved with the book of life, but also those whose names have not even been written since the foundation of the world. Who are they? And you think, oh, maybe maybe it's these soulless entities that will be embodied walking around, which is a crazy thought, but that's kind of the only explanation for all the weird stuff that we're seeing. Does that uh, inspire any thoughts in, in either you two gentlemen here about the, the next generation and the reality that they're coming up in? Troy, you want to take that one first? It, I, I uh, do have some, but go ahead. It, yeah, Basil, uh, you know, it's very interesting because over the last year, you know, we had that, that Asbury revival that he had. It, it sort of spread to different colleges around the country. You had that, that film, The Jesus Revolution, came out. That was a big hit. Pastor Greg Laurie's film, very inspirational. Then, then we're hearing sort of these reports of pockets revival among young people. You know, you've got the beach baptisms here in, uh, you know, Corona del Mar, Newport Beach. It's like 4,500 people down at the at the beach here uh, last summer getting baptized. Uh, you've had those kind of things around the country. Sean Foyt doing those outdoor concerts. Uh, you know, the different reports like this across the country of young people sort of awaking up to what we're talking about here. They're like, like you're saying, they're, you know, they become disillusioned with, you know, they, they followed everything their teachers told them, everything that their professors told them, you know, everything that social media and Hollywood and, you know, told them to do. And, and now, you know, things are, you know, there's sky high anxiety problems, depression, you know, mental health kind of issues. 
uh, suicides, all kinds of tragic things happening. And uh, so it's, it's actually encouraging to see that that people are, are beginning to turn to God now. Young people are turning to God. In fact, you know, the, the last chapter of Revelation 9-11 is called The Great Harvest Revival in You. And we, we pose this question, could, could we see, you know, revival? So even, even amid all these crazy things going on in the world, this, this you know, this seems like we're on this accelerated trajectory towards the book of Revelation. Can, can we see, you know, hope? Can we see a, a turnaround? Could, could there be this, this great revival that, uh, you know, people have been praying for, uh, you know, for, for hundreds of years, for, for decades, you know? And uh, so I, I, think, I think we see signs of that beginning now. And perhaps, you know, you know, God, God is the God of the impossible. He, he could turn, turn, turn around things on a dime. And I think he's put the ball in our court. If, if we'll repent of our sins, turn back to God and do what we're supposed to do, do what Jesus tells us to do, we, we could see amazing thing happen and give hope to, to young people, give hope to the world. Yeah, I agree. And I think you made a great point. You said disenfranchise guns. Uh, here's what's happening. People, uh, especially the younger generation, they, they have an, a spiritual void. So they start looking for spirituality mm. in all kinds of different uh, new age and, and, and just different, uh, different levels of spirituality. Some of it even dark, very dark. Mm-hmm. Some of it not as dark, but just, uh, just out there without any basis. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they're still void. And then here comes the transhumanistic movement, the, the uh, AI agenda where we're going to all of a sudden become part man, part human, uh, some kind of collective consciousness that we're all going to be plugged in, you know, like uh, Johnny Depp and uh, transcendence uh, and we can live forever. Truth is, that's not going to no matter how many parts and pieces we put on the soul of man is, is eternal. It our soul is eternal. It will live on whether we plug in or not. We are going to live on. The question is, how do we get from point A to point B? And I think what we did in Revelation 9-11 is we said, okay, let's address the woke education. Let's address uh, communism that has made a a comeback and and been dressed up as socialism and has changed. You can have, you know, this new thing is don't own no property. Uh, Mm -hmm. You'll have nothing and you'll like it. Well, you know what we're finding out? People don't have nothing and they don't like it. Mm Okay, <laughs> they don't like it, yeah. and uh, they and so and then here comes the the uh, UFO uh, and and uh, and the disclosure and and part of the great deception, and then throw in you know some of the other things that are taking place. Uh, there is this hunger for the truth. I, I'll give you an example. My my youngest son now is thirty five, but he loves vinyl albums. Oh, yeah. He's not the only one. For here we are. We in the day of uh, on demand. On the day of you know uh, cordless everything, phone your headphones, everything sounding crystal clear. And the and the kids, your generation, guys, you guys are all wanting to listen to vinyl records. You want to go back because you say it's the purest. That's when it was yeah. pure. That's when John Lennon and those guys just plugged in a couple things, and the music was so pure. It's the same thing with God and with, with, with the spirit of God, with the hope of, through Christ, people have said, you know what? I'm tired of the smoke and the skinny jeans and, and, and all that. What, what, what is the real deal? Can we go back to what grandmother had where she prayed and things happened? I need to find that vinyl album 
of the truth. And I think that your generation has said, you know, you're, you're tired of being $250,000 in debt for college when you could maybe just go get a trade uh, and, 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 or start your own business and be in control of your own destiny. I think your generation, your guys' generation, uh, might be the brightest of all because you're seeing the mistakes, the good and the bad of everything, and saying, I'm going to go pursue the truth. And we hope that Revelation 9-11 does just that, gives you the truth, helps uh, confirm or, and helps clear up some of those areas that will help people find and be a part of that great harvest that Troy was talking about, coming to Jesus Christ. And that's what happens as he gets ready to come. The greatest harvest in the history of the planet is, will take place, and it's about to happen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I see a lot of in this project of yours, Revelation nine eleven, and of course in both of your careers overall is just, uh, you know, there's a new brand of hope out there. It's a new time and requires a new brand of hope, and uh, it looks a little different than people may have expected. But th- these times uh, are a little different than people may have expected, uh, and so for that, are you I referring to you your guys. own VR goggles? Yeah, well, I got my own brand. Yes, I'm a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Can I ask a question well? to you? Just because I'm fascinated Please. by this, we have a thing called Paul Begley Technology (PBT). And oh, yeah. in, in other words, I can't make the remote work. <laughs> I'm watching you with a pair of VR. Is that what they're called? Virtual yeah, yeah. reality. Mm-hmm. So, is this show? Are you watching this? Re- show in vr oh yeah baby i'm um, am i coming through the screen are you serious I'm, <laughs> is that is that what's going on well, here i'll tell you i'm on top i love it i'm on top of a mountain here i've got a mountain range going off that way i got some scary looking trees over here and i've got about uh 10 different windows open here as kind of a, a surround sound workspace and yeah buddy you're right there nice and big in all the glory it's great <laughs> hey i love it i gotta get in Troy, we got to get plugged into this. We got to figure out what this is. You talk about Revelation 9-11 coming to life when a Polygon VR comes out of the thing. (laughs) I'm a pioneer, baby. That's what I'm here for. We'll team up, make it happen. All right. Well, Paul, thank you so much, man. I want to be respectful of your time here. I know you've got an appointment coming up. uh, And, you know, I don't know how much... Uh, how many other ways I can say it about just how grateful I am for your work here. And uh, we hope people check it out where, how would you prefer people, uh, well, get the book, interact with your work. And maybe if they want to hear more, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. You know, they can go to my website at paulbegleyprophecy.com or they can go to my YouTube channel uh, and uh, Paul Begley, you'll find it. And we also got a newsletter now called Revelation Watchers that Ooh. Troy and I have put together, which is updated every day with current events and, and, and uh, different uh, concepts of things that are taking place and prophetic things. So it's uh, really neat. Uh, it's, a great, uh, uh, it's a great newsletter. Mm. And so our book, go to, you, know, you can get it everywhere, okay? Amazon.com right now. It's doing really well. Pre-order, pre-order five of them out there. Do it because you're going to want to give them to your family, your friends. There are people. If you liked Hal Lindsey's book, if you liked Hal Lindsey's book, 
This is how Lindsay's late great planet Earth on steroids. Okay, <laughs> and uh, you'll love uh, Revelation nine eleven. So l- come to my website, paulbegleyprophecy.com. We'll find it all there. And hey, man, if you ever need uh, a, a tech reporter to bring you some real lowdown on that uh, newsletter, there, you know where to find me. All right. I don't know all if right, you have Troy. any uh, VR VR reporters yet, but look, we're we're pushing the envelope wherever we can. Yeah, we got the premier robot critic over there yeah, with the VR exactly. goggles on, so that's we can. True. Uh, wow, that's my claim yeah, to that's fame. A, that's, there we go, <laughs> Troy. Thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, anything you want to uh, encourage people to go check out? Well, just I'd, I'd say, Basil. Uh, you know, if you'd like to contribute articles to Revelation Watchers, and same thing with you guys, we'd, we'd be greatly honored. It's it's RevelationWatchers.com. We just launched it, and it's really starting to take off. And uh, so I encourage you to sign up for, for, for that newsletter. Oh, yeah. And um, and then, you know, my, my website's TroyAnderson.us. And, um, you know, the, the book is, you know, you know th- thank the, thanks to God, it became a number one bestseller, number one hot new release so several times. And, you know, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, Target, Walmart, pretty much anywhere books are sold. Uh, Harvard Bookstore is even carrying it. So you can what? It. Harvard? Oh, Harvard. <laughs> is it <laughs> Hollywood? Is I understand the books, the soup, the yeah, yeah, yeah book, it's, book soup. The book the soup is going to cover this thing. Whoa! Yeah, but book Whoa. soup. The, Are you serious? The, the, the famous huh? bookstore in Hollywood. It's the, their their tagline is a uh, uh, bookstore to the to the uh, great and infamous. So we're, we're at uh, we're we're at book soup. Right. <laughs> book soup. That's great. All right, everybody. Make sure to go check all that out and keep an eye out for more from these two gentlemen and uh, get the book. Check it out and make sure to come back to Canary Cry Radio. Thank you both for your time. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage.